You're listening to First City Forum on KTKN with your host, Brittany Rickard. I'm here today with Miss Elizabeth Bowling. How are you? Great, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I know that you and my mom and my dad were in a recent First City Players production together. Oh, yes, yeah. 9 to 5. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard it was really good. Her mom was helping with costumes. I was a little terror. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I feel so bad. I was, I was just so stressed out. We had so many quick changes. Uh-huh. It was such a fun production, but like you have like 30 seconds to change everything. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I love that stress backstage. <laughs> it's so fun. It's, it's There's something addicting about it for sure. Um, but in the moment, I'm like, I would always have to be like I'm so sorry guys <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> anyway so what are we here to talk about today okay so again like Brittany said I'm Elizabeth Bowling. I'm born and raised in Ketchikan and I have a background in public policy I worked for a bunch of elected officials in the state of Alaska I worked for a former governor and a couple of years ago I got into contact with the Alzheimer's Association which is a national group um, for a little context the biggest researcher in the world on dementia issues is the People's Republic of China the second biggest is the United States government and the third largest is the Alzheimer's Association oh my gosh yeah so they're major into research and finding solutions and a treatment and hopefully one day a cure for all for types of dementia, of which there are over 70. But the most common one is Alzheimer's. It's also the one people mostly um, know about. It's the one that has um, indications and symptoms such as forgetfulness and memory loss, which most people associate with the term dementia. Um, But Actually, not all dementias include memory loss. And so I'll talk a little bit about that, too, if you're interested. Oh, that's totally interesting to me because I used to get them confused. I used to, um, I don't want to say babysit, but help Mm -hmm. watch a friend's mom who had Alzheimer's. And then my friend's grandma got dementia. That was the first time that I realized that they were different, too. So that's right. Because there's so many different kinds. I mean, Alzheimer's is a type of dementia, but there are so many different kinds of dementia. It's like an umbrella term dementia is. And then there is frontal temporal dementia, which the early signs can be um, erratic behavior or personality changes, apathy, disinterest in talking. Um, There can be indications such as... Oh, my brain is freezing. That's okay. I'm I just one, want you to know this is a days. great example. A lot of people will say like, oh, I'm forgetting things. And, and they say to me like, they're, sometimes they're joking. Sometimes they're a little bit serious. And they say like, does that mean I have Alzheimer's? Yuck, yuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, forgetfulness is normal at any age. I'm 30. Um, and, and it's really more of a pattern of behaviors or a series of symptoms that you want to look into. There's also Lewy body dementia, which is most commonly indicated by personality changes, paranoia. Um, there's so there's frontal temporal, there's Lewy body, there's Alzheimer's, which a lot of people know about, and there's mixed dementia. There's many different kinds. But because Alzheimer's is the most common dementia, that's the one that our organization is named after. Okay. But we look for we, we search for research cures, solutions for all kinds of dementia. Because so many of them are mixed or so many of them deal with the same plaques in the brain that cause these disruptions. We we think that many of them might use the same treatments. Yeah. So you were a caregiver? No. Um, so my sister used to be actually, but I was just helping out a family friend's mother who okay. came to live with them and they went on vacation mm-hmm. and I was pretty young. It was me and my sister and my mom all went to help. And so that was the first experience I had with that, with Alzheimer's anyways. Yeah. But I wasn't like, it wasn't a job or anything. Right. <clears throat> Until you were in like a caregiving class yeah, for a yeah. little bit of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you have to do as a caregiver? So um, there was just certain things like they had to, <laughs> they had to take away her cane pretty recently 
to the <laughs> right before they went on their vacation. My, mm-hmm. my brain is spacey today too. <laughs> right before they went on their vacation, and she had a walker, and so yeah. um, we had to make sure she had that in the morning. And they kind of had to lock her. It was really developed. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to like lock her in her room at night because she would get up and wander around the house and not remember where she was, yeah. and just certain. And then just sitting with her while she was eating and stuff because sometimes she wouldn't want to eat or would forget what she was doing. And right. We call that prompting. And so sometimes there are folks that are pretty independent that have different kinds of dementia, but they just need little reminders about prompting to brush right. teeth, prompting to eat food, prompting to drink water. Um, and in the later stages of many kinds of dementia, folks do lose their ability to swallow and perform other basic tasks, which is how most folks who suffer from Alzheimer's or other dementia eventually pass away. But that prompting behavior it can keep someone um, pretty active in their daily life if there's someone like a caregiver to help them through that day. She yeah. would do really like cyclical stuff too. And again, I was I used to giggle about it because I was really young. I was like mm-hmm. 12 when we did this. But it's actually scared me because it can, you know, it's... I've seen um, some of my friends go through that with their parents and I'm like, oh God, like it's, I can't even imagine it now, mm-hmm. but um, she would like, so I, I remember very specifically sitting at a table with her and she was counting all of the lights in the little chandelier yeah. and realized one was out. And then mm-hmm. she would look out the window and be like, wow, it's really stormy today. And then she would take a sip of her coffee, say, I don't want that. And then just repeat that cycle like five times. That. And I'm not trying to diagnose her. I'm not a doctor. I'm right. just no, you're public totally policy, fine. <laughs> but it sounds to me like frontal temporal. And so that's the type of dementia where they don't always, she may have had mixed dementia. I mean, I, I don't know, right? But frontal temporal is a type of dementia that has a lot of the symptoms that you're describing. A lot of folks with frontal temporal dementia, they don't necessarily have forgetfulness, but they have obsessive or repetitive behavior. Mm. They have a lack of inhibition or a lack of social tact. Maybe they used to behave a certain yeah. way in public and then they don't anymore. Um, they might have a change in personality or mood. They might have an unwillingness to be chatty. A lot of mood instability. Yeah, Yeah. she would get angry or like sad, like really randomly. Yeah, that's one of the things that we're having this event, which is the reason I wanted to come in and talk to you today about this. We're having this event tomorrow. Or or actually, when is this going out? tomorrow morning okay i'll restart that do you want to pull that <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell tracy like can you clip that tracy i'll tell him let me see Six eighteen. okay thank you <laughs> So today at five o'clock at the Ketchikan Public Library, we are having a research expert zooming in from down south. He's going to be on a big screen and he'll be going through some more in-depth information about research and cures and signs and symptoms. He's highly trained, a clinical expert. And we know that there are some folks that experience dementia and don't have forgetfulness. And so they'll have a lot of mood changes or swings in personality. And it is important to note because most all really of the medications that have been approved through the FDA and are available through CMS through the through Medicaid they only treat symptoms in folks who are experiencing types of dementia early onset or early in their diagnosis. Um, if you can get a diagnosis quickly, that's really valuable. And so there are some families, I've noticed especially traveling around Alaska, there are a lot of families who figure, well, it's just a normal part, part of aging. And then by the time that like mom can't walk anymore and she's stooping and she's forgetting how to stay coordinated, she's losing her balance or she's exhibiting behavioral changes like that that are concerning, it, it may be too too late to get that diagnosis and those treatments, but there are so many treatments that have shown a lot of hope and have shown effectiveness if you can get that diagnosis and those treatments early. And so it's really important that if you have a gut feeling, if there just seems like there's something wrong with mom, you know, if it seems like um, her handwriting is a lot smaller than normal, there are all kinds of weird signs like that. Writing handwriting a lot smaller. Um, 
maybe they lose their balance, they're stooping more, they've suddenly got a lot of depression, they're saying things at dinner parties you wouldn't expect them to say or behaving in ways you wouldn't expect them. If they're having trouble sleeping, wandering at night is a big one. Maybe they don't forget that they're in their house or where the bathroom is or how to get a glass of water, but they're up at night, that can be a sign of dementia. And it's so important to recognize it early and get into that doctor and spend that little bit of money to, to see you know if there is a diagnosis that you can get or any information you can get about those changes to see if there are treatments available for your loved one. That's it's, it's so much stress. I'm like sitting here like, I'm going to start texting my mom. My mom's not even that old. Well, <laughs> yeah. here's the thing, right, about old. I'm I'm going to stress you out anymore. Oh, even no. Sorry, are you ready for this? <laughs> yes, I'm prepared. So there is a misconception that dementia is an older person's disease. The reason why that's a misconception is because it does tend to happen more often in people who are older. The, the number one risk factor is age for all kinds of dementia. But... The youngest known person diagnosed was 17. The youngest person currently living with dementia in the United States is 22 years old. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're <laughs> if you heard all those symptoms, write them down. <laughs> this isn't this isn't meant to like fear monger. No, why. no. But you know what? It is good. It is good to to talk about it and to be watching out for it because if you don't then people don't know what to look for right so. you should really listen to an expert I mean not me I like I said I work in public <laughs> policy but I, I come across this information I right. get trained by the Alzheimer's Association which I'm so thankful for and um we do have access to these clinicians and these experts, like the man that's going to speak tomorrow, Joel Loacno from down south, um, who's, who can answer questions in a and a Where is this happening? So it's at the Ketchikan Public Library at 5 o'clock. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And is it just free to the public? Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's free to everyone. And in fact, there will be um, tables there from the ADRC, the Aging and Disability Resource Center at SAIL. There will be a table from Rendezvous. There will be a table from the Ketchikan Saxon Senior Center. And I'm sure that there will be folks representing a variety of health industries. And our hope is not just to get more information out to the people of Ketchikan about the signs and symptoms of dementia, the importance of early diagnosis, of seeking that diagnosis, information on new research and treatments, but also to to try and, and call together the dementia community. Because unfortunately, sometimes there's so much shame about a disease that affects right. everyone. It's like cancer. Just because you get dementia, it's no reflection on your, on your abilities or your personality or your value. I mean, I mean, people from from all races and all creeds and all lifestyles and all incomes get dementia. It's just like any other disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can get it. I mean, I, the stigma for anything medical related or just in general drugs, whatever, can be so isolating. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have um, any kind of community, especially in a place like Ketchikan that doesn't have a lot of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Like programs for stuff mm-hmm. like that. Or services. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some, but we something that I would really like is to get together maybe a regular support group that meets about dementia yeah. because I'm sure folks in town could use it. But my particular field, I know I've mentioned it like four times now, but I work in public policy and that's what I do for the Alzheimer's Association. And so a big part of what we do, if folks are interested in volunteering, and I can talk about it tomorrow at the event too, is you can see I'm wearing this lilac sweater today. Purple is our color because we're not red and we're not blue. We're a nonpartisan group. We're a nonprofit. We're a charity. But we do do advocacy um, on the state and the federal level to make changes in services for caregivers, 
research funding on the national level. Thank you to Lisa Murkowski. She has been really supportive um, when it comes to federal funding for for National Institutes of Health research on dementia. We actually brought a couple of advocates from our advocacy program. There's over 700 advocates across Alaska. We bring two advocates each year to D.C. Last year, we brought an advocate from Cordova and an advocate from Juneau, and she met with us. Um, and we asked her for her support, and she gave it to us. It was really great. She's also co-sponsored some dementia-specific legislation. Um, so we do. We have meetings like that, and on the state level, we have meetings as well. We have an advocacy day every year. This year, January. Oh, I guess it's next year, January 2023 or February 2023. It's going to be on February 7th, and that's a virtual event. You don't have to have the money to fly to Juno. You know, nobody could, expects that. Is there a place online people could like find this information if they're interested? Yes, they can go to the Alzheimer's uh, Alz Impact website. Um, and I hate to give people over the radio addresses to put in, right? But it's alzimpact.org forward slash act now but just come tomorrow and i'll have easy qr codes you can <laughs> we'll just have the information yeah you can just lift your phone camera up to it and yeah get right on there and sign up or you can sign up with me just with a pen and paper if you're not technologically inclined like that um but yeah come come today at, at five o'clock at the ketchigan public library and we'll we'll get you in and signed up um and um yeah, we have advocates from all over. On the state level, actually, recently, earlier this year, so in Alaska, we had never had any state-run dementia services. None. And actually, the word dementia and Alzheimer's had not been said on the Senate or House state floors in like the history of the legislature until very recently when um, the House Speaker at the time, Speaker Louise Stutes, and um her colleague, a Republican, um, another Republican, Senator Mia Costello from West Anchorage, they co-sponsored a piece of dementia legislation that um, created and established a dementia awareness program in the state. So it's meant to help educate people on those early signs and symptoms so we can try to get ahead because we're really having a huge silvering of the population in Alaska. We know that age is a risk factor. We know that Alaska has high unreported dementia rates. We know that anecdotally when we go into communities and we hear from folks who say we just don't know what to do with grandma, but we have her at the house. Um, And also important to note, indigenous people have the highest rates of dementia of any race. And so this is crazy. Over 35% of Alaska Native people can expect to develop dementia in their oh lifetime. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one in two baby boomers who live to the age of 80 can expect to, to develop it. And one so we're concerned. Two? Yeah, we're concerned about that silver tsunami of folks who might be experiencing different types of dementia and just getting in front of them and their families early with resources is so important. That's interesting that you can like look at statistics and like think about that stuff ahead of time. I would never think that you like have the expectation of that. Yeah. We think there's going to be a 90% increase in dementia in Alaska. It had never been mentioned Mm -hmm. in a few years. I know. This information is so crazy to me. I'm like having a hard time even responding. I'm like jaw on the floor right now. (laughs) I know. You think to yourself like, where do we put these people or who takes care of them? Because folks got to work. Right. You know, you can't be with your your loved one all day. You have to go to work. You have to take the kids to school. And not everyone can afford, you know, a a home or things like that. Or even if they could afford it. I mean, we know the Pioneer Homes can have three to five year waits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> again. I'm like, so I'm, I should be taking notes right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, we'll go into more depth tomorrow. And like I said, there's a real presenter who's real try and information. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. I have to say, I um, 
I, I didn't really know anybody that had any types of dementia when I was younger, but as I've worked in this position and I've talked to more people who are affected by it, I realize it's, it's really in every corner of our community and, and it's just this hidden crisis that we haven't done anything about yet. And I know that there are people listening who have thought to themselves, either I know that that's wrong with my loved one, or I'm worried that that's going to happen to me. You know, they, they want to know how to protect themselves. They want to know about brain health. They want to know what foods to avoid. They want to know like what resources they have on hand available to them that are here local in Ketchikan or are available online or via phone number. Actually, I'm going to give a phone number out yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, go ahead. So if you are concerned about a loved one or yourself or you know and have a diagnosis of someone that you care give for or yourself, I'm going to give out a phone number. It's 1-800-272-3900. I'll say it again at the end of this. It's an Alzheimer's Association phone number. It's run by master's level clinicians across the United States. They have access to resource finders. They also have intensive training and care counseling. If you call up and you say we're a household that has guns, right? What do we do to keep our guns safe? If you say, I think I need to take away dad's keys, but he won't let me, what do I do? They have heard this a thousand times. They op- It's a 24-7 helpline. It's free. It's confidential. They have heard everything. Trust me, I know, especially when it comes to behavioral changes, is sometimes you might say, how do I tell someone, you know, that my dad is exhibiting this this symptom or that, that my mom is experiencing this or, you know, maybe you're worried about another loved one or yourself. These people have heard everything, so don't be worried. Just tell them what you're what you're concerned about, and I'm sure that they can give you resources. You have to make financial plans. You have to get legal guides in place. I mean, they they can help you. So again, that number is one eight hundred two seven two three nine zero zero, and it's confidential and free. That's a super cool resource too. Like I would, none of this stuff would even. Cry. I feel well. T- to be fair, if you're not educated on it, like you wouldn't know this stuff unless you were concerned. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's super super neat. Um, again, tomorrow. I know we keep doing that. I'm gonna keep doing <laughs> We're recording this a day early. <laughs> <laughs> Again, today at 5 p.m. Catch Can Public Library. Yes, and when it, you were mentioning, oh, I didn't even know about these resources, or I feel like I should be taking notes. I mean, folks down south, in general, and I'm really being generalized here. Folks down south, they really know what the Alzheimer's Association is. I mean, it's a huge group. I mean, it's right, like the Cancer right. Society or the, it's, or it's like the Heart Association. I mean, it's a huge association down south, the Alzheimer's Association is. It's very well known. In fact, they have the largest fly-in on Capitol Hill in D.C. of any group. I mean, it's a huge organization. But they only started having a chapter in Alaska a handful of years ago, which is when I got brought on. And we just cobbled together a board of folks across Alaska who are really invested and have a lot of hope and are ready to be the change and it's time we get out to communities and of course I'm from Ketchikan I know that there are people here that are in need of resources and education and services and you know are maybe interested in getting involved somehow volunteering and so I I said okay we need to have an event in Ketchikan and that's how this came about. What specifically prompted you to get involved with this? I know you touched a little bit about when and everything, but was there something that drew you to it? I was interested in the aspects of health policy that I knew were 
promulgated by high ACE scores. I don't know if you've ever heard about what an ACE score is. Mm -mm. So an ACE score is an adverse childhood experience. And dementia is linked very strongly to, I'll give you a handful of things. One age, we know that. Two, the consumption of processed foods. In fact, there are several studies across Alaska with tribes that have shown some indication that maybe different kinds of dementia did not exist in Alaska before the way that we ate changed here. Um, In fact, there are tribes who didn't even have a word for dementia. I know that in Tlingit, um, the term for dementia, it's the same term for PTSD, um, which means that you're walking without your spirit. And I'm going to pronounce this and forgive my thing it I, <laughs> it's a learning process but it's and it means i'm walking without my spirit that is the phrase to mean ptsd after someone a warrior comes back from war but they they actually started to use that to describe dementia because it's similar you're walking without your spirit you're not really all there um either you've lost your ability to have balance or you're up all night worrying or you're having personality changes or you're forgetful you're not really you you're really beautiful (laughs) Mm -hmm. you're not really you and so i was interested in it that really caught my attention i thought that was very interesting and alaska has a very high rate of adverse childhood experiences which is negative childhood experiences and that is um a, a contributing factor to dementia and so is generational trauma those are also that that's also a major contributing factor we know um and i I thought it was kind of a fascinating disease and I I knew I wanted to keep working in public policy and I had been working in offices in public policy for government officials but I I really have a passion for explaining to folks how the government works and really how easy it is to change things. I'm kind of like the mouse in a lab experiment that's gone through a maze a million times, right? Because I've worked on all these different projects and for all these different people, and I know the way to go. And so it's really exciting for me to show other people like, hey, you know, you can do this, you can make changes. And so I've just started to try to lead them through that maze. Um, And I really enjoy it. And that's what we did earlier this year when the House and the Senate and Governor Dunleavy passed and signed the the dementia awareness act and that's so that's honestly really inspiring and probably for me personally because i had never really had any kind of interest in politics until um moving here mm-hmm. and like just getting involved this year specifically locally just with um you know city council bro stuff like that mm-hmm. and it is interesting um and at first I was like, oh, well, it's because Alaska's, you know, we've got these smaller communities and it's easier. But but you're right. Like watching people, I like Austin Otis and stuff, like mm-hmm. actively. Shout working, out Austin. Yeah, shout out Austin. <laughs> <laughs> actively working on like stuff at an age that I would have thought if I hadn't like moved here was like, oh, that's I'm so young. Like I couldn't be doing something like that. Um, and you, you too. So it's, it's so interesting to hear about. And I hope that other people are listening are like, hmm, have you ever had that stir or inkling to get involved? Oh, yeah. <laughs> on, it's so much easier to get involved than you think it is. Down south, I think it can be a little tricky because there's more of like the club aspect yeah. there's more of the age aspect but in alaska the community is really supportive if mm-hmm. someone is capable and passionate the community is going to find a way to put you to use and so if you i mean if you're interested in getting involved in politics and you have a connection to dementia i'm the person to to email my email is e as in elizabeth that's me bowling b-o-l-l-i-n-g at alz.org that's a-l-z dot o-r-g and you can hunt her down tonight at five. Yes, <laughs> at, at the Ketchikan Public, Public Library. Library. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Thank Is you. there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? I'd like to read that one eight hundred number one more yeah, time. Yeah, please do. Yeah. It's one eight hundred two seven two three nine zero zero. Perfect, and that is the 
That is the helpline, the toll-free confidential helpline, 24-7, run by clinicians and master's level specialists. That's amazing. Okay. Um, yes, please go down, support, see, and learn tonight at the Ketchikan Public Library, um, 5 p.m. Who's the speaker again? So his name is Joel Lockano. He is a dementia champion and a, a research champion, and he is based down south, but he's associated with the Alzheimer's Association. He's a very educated man. He's actually been working in dementia research for over 25 years with the Alzheimer's Association, and he has a lot to say. He's very knowledgeable. And bring your questions, because he can tackle them perfect that's awesome and if if you are less than educated than him then you should get a lot of answers because yeah. she's given so much information this episode um and a big thank you to everybody who went to the adult prom if you managed to make it this weekend it was an absolute blast and if you didn't hopefully they'll do it again i don't mm-hmm. know were you in town for that no i missed it by one day oh, i really sucks. wanted to go it I was know. so fun it was so good you know my prom kind of sucked so it was nice to go <laughs> with somebody that i actually like was gonna have a good time with and it was it was, it was okay real talk did anyone have have a great prom that's oh, why right. we need adult prom to make like up for that unless you were crowned or something <sighs> my yeah. pictures were bad my prom date had really bad pit stains and my oh, cousin no. who was taking the photo <laughs> my cousin who was taking the photos um for our prom at k-high didn't warn me and i really wish she would have so shout out to Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> and a photoshop probably wasn't that big yeah. of a thing back then yeah, it wasn't yeah. when i went yeah. to prom. um yeah you know mine i went with a guy that i had been dating for one week and we had been pretty close friends prior and as soon as we started dating it was super weird like oh, yeah. so we went as friends we all played to go as friends anyways and then it was super uncomfortable the other couple we went with ended up fighting the whole time uh-huh. and then we had nothing to talk about and so we ended up breaking like two days later <laughs> and we left early so anyways this is first city forum <laughs> we're just gossiping now thank you for listening to first city forum with your host Brittany rickard and elizabeth bowling